Hello, friends, and happy October. It is officially Spooky Month, which, if you are a close friend of mine or even an acquaintance, you should know that I come alive during the month of October. I love this month so much. And I know it's going to sound like super basic, but I just love spooky things and ghosts and scary movies. Uh, I love Halloween Mm -hmm. and I love scary movies. And for the fans, this month will be dedicated to Halloween classics. Or just horror movies in general, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know. Actually, not all of them are... Not a horror, horror. Yeah, yeah. But they are more along those lines. Yeah. They're in the genre of movies that, you know, you would want to watch during the month of October. Yes. Also, hello everyone. Yes. Also hello. I'm Claudia. Well, you already said hi. I didn't say hi, that's why. <laughs> yeah. I'm Claudia. Here with Jared. Yep. Uh, for the film banter pod. Yep. We love you guys. Going Thanks strong. for listening. Going strong. Yes. So yeah, that's our theme for the month. We're going to get into some of our favorite uh, scary, spooky movies. Not going to reveal them all, but there will be four, right? There will be four. Four weeks. Yes. And one thing I did want to know was, do you all like not knowing the next movie? Or would you like us to announce the next movie before the pod comes out? That way it gives you time to watch it. Let us know. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a poll. Get your votes in, and may the best man win. Get your votes in. Get your votes in. <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> I don't know. Of, I'm sorry. Get your votes in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love dressing up for Halloween, different costumes. I love how everyone is just like so excited now. I love the the enthusiasm enthusiasm for Halloween and I love skulls I love decorations I just love seeing the different like everybody's homes just all decorated with the craziest things and those giant skeletons that I wish I could afford to put in the front I know I love them yeah we have a good friend shout out Blake has one standing right outside of his house all year round all year round yeah it's amazing. It's awesome. That's it about Halloween <laughs> for you. That's it. <laughs> I guess I don't really know. I, I what are we gonna what, what are we gonna do for this Halloween? This is our first Halloween married. This is our first That's Halloween important. married. Um, I what definitely want to do some sort of couple costume that isn't basic. So I've been kind of looking around at different options for that. Neo and Trinity was the first one we've always thought of. Yeah, Neo and Trinity would be good. We would be a really good Morticia and Gomez Adams. Just because of the way that we look. I feel like that's done more than Neo and Trinity, though. No, right? it definitely is. Yeah. But, and it'll probably be more popular with the Wednesday show coming out, too. There's going to be a lot of Wednesday Adams this Halloween. There's going to be a lot of Barbies and Cans. For sure. There's going to be, what's the other one that I think we're going to see a lot this year? There was one I was thinking of, and I can't remember. Robert Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could be Oppenheimer this year if you wanted. I mean, I don't think that I one's going to go. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that one's going to be as popular. N- no, definitely going to be a lot. Of- I'm trying to think this past year. Yeah. What would be the other big thing that we're going to see a lot? I don't know. The scariest Halloween costume uh, that you could be 
is as a couple would be Joe Biden and Kamala Harris costumes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going. Truly going terrifying. <laughs> I was wondering where that where that was going. Especially but... if you do the Kamala laugh. Oh. Yeah. Chills up my spine. That would be good though, because you would whoever's dressed as Biden, you would look you gotta look like half dead anyway. Yeah. Zombie Biden would just like look like regular Biden. I don't give a I'm half dead anyway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the best meme that I've seen right now is the one that says the worst the dude wo- you know is gonna be dressed up as Ken for oh, Halloween. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the scrub daddy. What which was Oh, no, is the, what I was referring you to. No, yeah, the TikTok with the well, I'm half dead anyway. What do I, you know, <laughs> is the little scrub daddy in the sink that's like worn Deformed, out, yeah, big time. <laughs> Man, I feel like there's got to be something else from this past year, like a big cultural zeitgeist thing that people are gonna do for Halloween. I feel like we're missing something big. Maybe a really good one that would be kind of niche is. Um, the guy from I Think You Should Leave because there's so many memes with him right now. I'm trying to think Tim of... Tim Robbins? Yeah, I wonder if there's like a like the outfit that he wears, but he just looks like every other kind of white It'd guy. It'd be hard, yeah, because really he does hard. so many. It would have to be one of his skits that like everybody knows. He is the new king of memes now, though. He's the meme lord. I've, he is. I've He's a new one. I've deemed him the meme lord of 2023 because he's everywhere. And oh my word, his show... I think you should leave with Tim I just, Robbins. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. The skits are so unhinged. He's the best. He's the best. So unhinged. Also, shout out to Detroiters. So this is a show that him and, shoot, let me look up the other guy that's in it that we also love. He's been in a lot of stuff too. So this show, Detroiters, only, I showed it to Claudia a little while ago and she loves it. And it was two seasons and got canceled because no one watched it. So all of you out there, didn't watch the show and it got canceled. And it was like the last show that Tim Robbins was in. That wasn't like a sketch show, like a real show. And it was amazing. Let me look up the other actor's name. It's so funny. He's in the, yeah, he's, his uh, co-star is in his show. Oh um, yeah, he's in that as in well. In a couple of, and he's, oh my gosh, so he's funny so, He's too. funny in everything. He's in a, he's. What was the skit with the kids that were buff, buff babies or something like that? Buff. Mm-hmm. Oh, what were they called? He's like sweating on the stage, but they're doing it for like a work meeting thing oh i couldn't breathe i was laughing so hard at that number one though is the uh country song (laughs) the country song session that they're recording and it was the night the skeletons came to life tim robbins is on bass and the guitarist and singers go in and he's like hey man are the money so are the bones (laughs) he just keeps going yeah because he's like hey man jump in and he's like trying to like go along with it and he's like yeah this is going to be awesome, and that's what he does. I couldn't have been in that skit. You can't be in any... I, I couldn't be in any skits. No, this guy dude. involves this I guy. Be, just seeing this dude, I would start cracking up. Like if tears streaming him, down my face, trying to hold in my laughter. If I ever met him, I would just immediately... I'd start laughing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He's part of that... I was thinking about this. He's part of that new era of comedy that I think we're in now that, honestly, I think started... It's like a new type of comedy. Yeah. That I think started with Rick and Morty because it's very similar to Rick and Morty humor, don't you think? Fair, yes. And it's also that kind of. It's like cringe humor, kind of, but. I don't mean to sound snobby when I say this. It's different. But you have to be like a certain type of person to appreciate the humor. 
it's like next level. It's like those really obscure memes that only a few people find funny. Mm-hmm. It's that's kind of how it is. Or if you like send it to the general public, not everybody would. It's like this is kind of stupid. You have to have high quality humor to be like to get it. You know what I mean? It's just so funny to me. Yeah, I guess the difference with that one is with Rick and Morty. It's it's still very similar humor to like the Tim Robinson. I think you should leave humor. Mm-hmm. But Rick and Morty's like also like intellectual humor. It seems like too kind of. No, in Rick some and Morty's way. definitely intellectual it's like, humor. I don't know. I'd explain. But it, it also but has really stupid humor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's got it both. has something for everybody. But to follow it from like start to finish, you've got to be on top of it. Yeah. So there's a lot of things. Sam, I'm sure there's a lot of things that go over my head on Rick and Morty too. Oh yeah, me too. Sam um, Richardson. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's who. I'm, that's who we're thinking of. He's so funny. How do we even get on this? I'm trying to think what. <laughs> How did we get into talking about Tim Robinson? I was talking about a costume. Oh, the costume. Yeah, the yeah, costume yeah. for Tim Robinson. Yeah. That would be awesome, but yeah, it'd be too hard to... You would have... Everyone would be like, who are you? You'd have to explain it. Yeah. Unfortunately. People write in if you can think of some other big cultural thing from this past year that you think everyone's going to go as. I do Halloween. think... Uh, well, uh, no. We... Filmbanterpod uh, at gmail.com. We do have a Halloween party that we're going to that I did not tell you about yet. This is the first time you're hearing about it. Mm. Because I just... I just, Yes. I just, <laughs> Didn't tell me about it till now. Yes. <laughs> I just found out that um, Misty's having a party. Um, okay. Sick. Yes. I'm like very, actually on Halloween? Yeah, on Halloween at their house. All right. Misty and Jason, shout out. Uh, love you guys. It's going to be so fun to go to a Halloween party. I haven't been to a Halloween party in a f- couple of years. Yeah, we didn't do anything last year. No, which is really sad. My Halloween's the last the last two Halloween's for me have been pathetic because I've literally been moving Oh yeah. The a past lot. two Octobers. Mm-hmm. My first night in my new places the past two years were on Halloween night and I'm just like overwhelmed with work and I haven't been able to have a home to decorate. I haven't been able to hand out candy to children or dress up or anything. So I'm gonna go so hard in the paint this year. And you actually so here? You can hand out candy. It's just hit or miss. It always has been here. I think we'll probably go to Patty's house. Okay, well, I'm saying because the driveway is kind of long and kids don't want to walk the whole way. But Yeah, our house looks kind of scary at night. No, it doesn't. But, I mean, it's like there's a driveway that... Are they going to walk down our long driveway? That's what I'm saying. That's why... But I know in the past... And go up the hill to our door. You know what I mean? But I know in the past, a lot of people... Some kids have come up, but it's... Yeah, it's not... Yeah, we'll go to somebody that lives in the suburbs. It's not the most popular. Yeah. And hand out candy and do all that fun stuff. Who are you talking about? It would be John Wick and... Which girl from John Wick? You mentioned this to me for us. Halle Berry's character. In John Wick 3. Yeah. I forget her name. I forgot her name too. She has the two German shepherds. Or or the girl in the new one. I only saw it once. I can't remember her name. <laughs> I know. But that'd be sick too. Also the other one, this is a big one that I would love to do. I think you also came up with this, which I was very happy and proud of you for this, was Wow. Kay and Joy from Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I would really love to do that. Me too. Paint my whole body purple and get the blue wig. Mm-hmm. You look like a good Joe. <laughs> and I want that trench coat anyway. Cause it's sick. Yeah, that duster. You can wear that he has. it whenever. You don't have to just yeah, wear it I would for wear Halloween. It all the time. Yeah, be an investment. I don't know what I do about my hair though. Cause like if we did John Wick, then I'm I'm good already. Right. But Kay, he's got short hair. Yeah, and really I, short hair. Not okay with you cutting your hair. So right. So 
I don't know. Anyway, is this enough banter so far? (laughs) I feel like we should get into it now. Yes. So we wanted to start off with something that's not scary. Yeah. Yeah, you should take this away. This is is all you. But great for the season, the spooky season. One of my personal favorites of all time. I'm not a musical person. I don't really like musicals as much as Jared does. But I have a handful that I thoroughly enjoy this when you being, say you, hold on when you say you're not a musical person you mean musical movies because you are in general a musical person yes but I musicals as a movie musicals okay i Sorry, don't continue. enjoy musicals right i don't go out of my way to watch musicals and it's surely not new ones so there's a handful of musicals that i that i love and you probably have already guessed since we're kind of announced our theme for this month uh, my all-time favorite musical. Well, actually, there could be a couple because we were. There's a couple. We were back and forth. We were talking about it. Yeah. Yes, we went with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I love this musical so much. My mom and I watched this musical. I don't know when I was a teenager, and when I watched it for the first time, everything about it, I was just glued to the screen. I loved the music. I loved the production, the costumes, the Oh, what am I looking? What's the word I'm looking for? The style? I don't know. Uh, the atmosphere? I guess, yeah, the atmosphere, the mansion, the, the castle vibe. that they're in, all of the different rooms in the castle. Mm-hmm. They're all very different. Exceptional. I just envied everything everything about the castles. Like I would live at this at this castle, right? Um and Tim Curry, that started my love affair for Tim Curry. I just yeah, everything he's the best. he plays. I, he plays so many iconic roles that I personally love, like... Clue and It. Clue, It, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. All of those crazy people that he's played. Home Alone 2. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Uh, that only Tim Curry could play. I mean, the guy is exceptional and so incredibly talented. Definitely. And he sings? I mean, come on. What can't this guy do? Yeah, I know. He's just so dramatic and his voice is so distinct. And he just he blew me movie. away the yeah. first time I watched this. Um, so I was very excited to do this one to kick off October. And yeah, I mean... All of the all of the songs. I just, I mean, Jared and I were watching it, and I was like, I'm just gonna warn you, I'm gonna be singing this entire time. And you were, and I was. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I knew you would know a lot of it, but I was surprised how much you still knew since you hadn't seen it in a while. But yeah, yeah you were singing pretty much all time. I have the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, that's true, you do. And the record is red, and it is so cool because it's kind of like a translucent red. Yeah, you it's can a see cool straight fold through out too. it. Yeah. Right. It's it's yeah, and the fold out's amazing. The the art, the cover art and mm-hmm. everything is awesome. I just I'm such a big fan of this musical. This is just a little tangent, I'll be quick, about vinyls. I love all the artwork they do with vinyls. Because you, you you can't see that in digital. In digital stuff now, you know, when you listen to music, if you buy an album digitally, usually they'll have the artwork that you can download and like look at. But normally with vinyl, especially with older records they would have specific artwork and extra artwork that you wouldn't see anywhere else on the vinyl in the inside the fold out everything and i just love i I love all that and you you don't really get that anymore which kind of sucks i love getting a new record that i've never had before and opening it up and seeing what's inside it's so 
awesome. Coldplay is really good about that. Their foldouts are incredible. Yeah, they are. Uh, the Cure albums that I have, mm-hmm. amazing cover art inside. I think I have got a couple posters even out of my Cure records that I have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Geeking out. Yep. All right, we'll get into So, yeah, the Rocky Horror Picture Show came out in 1975, directed by Jim Sharman, music by Richard O. Richard O'Brien, I'm going to say. It's not Richard O'Brien. I thought that's what it was at first. It's O-B-R-I-E-N. Could still be O'Brien. It could be, yeah, because from where, yeah, wherever he's from, I don't know how to pronounce it. I tried to look up a pronunciation. I couldn't find it. But anyway, so Richard O'Brien and Richard Hartley. Well, I'll talk about the music a little bit later. But yeah, two people as far as music with this, but. Michael Rennie was ill the day the earth stood still. (laughs) So good. I mean, just the opening is so awesome. It is awesome. Awesome. Um, The red lips. There's just so many iconic parts of this musical where, you know, it just opens up with the red lips singing the opening song and you just remember those images they're like ingrained in your brain after you watch it and you'll never forget about them because they're just so cool and distinct sorry go ahead keep going well that's really it i mean we can get into uh what we thought of this movie i mean you kind of already talked about this a little bit actually let's go to uh, let's go to your note first what'd you draw i drew of course the red lips with the teeth and everything. That's what I was going to guess. And I drew a couple legs with fishnets and eye heels because you see that a lot also True. in this okay. movie. I guess that would be the two most icon- iconic. I didn't think about that. I was thinking the lips for sure. But yeah, that's nice. Mm-hmm. So both of those. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Great legs in this movie, by the way. <laughs> Everyone that wore fishnets had legs for fishnets for days. All women and men. All women. You know, I would even argue to say that the men had better legs. Than the women in this really? movie. Even yes. in 1975? Yes, absolutely. And I'll, I'll say that later because there's oh, yeah, somebody that I was like, wow, their legs are fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Well, here, get yeah, get into a little bit more. If you have anything else to say, uh, the, like the question we do up top, what do you think of this movie? So also, and I'll get into what I think in a second after you uh, m- talk a little bit more about it, but I've only seen this movie, I believe once, maybe twice, and it's been a minute. Because I was trying to think, all right, when did I see it? I think the first time I saw it was only like 10 years ago. I want to say maybe 12 and that might have been the only time I saw it I feel like I saw it one other time as well I can't remember so potentially only once and that would have been at least 10 years ago so this was cool seeing again but anyway yeah keep going yeah about this movie just in general I just I mean I don't think there's a character in this musical that I don't like they all bring something different to the storyline. That's um, so true. There's no weak link. There really You're is right. no weak link yeah. in this movie. They all hold their own. They're all playing the part that they are supposed to be playing. The casting was incredible because, I mean, Columbia, this annoying little redhead tapper that has a squeaky voice, she killed it. She's eccentric. She's just... I mean, and, and you can tell that of all the characters in the mansion, that Frankenfurter is like, uh, she's a little annoying, but, you know, she does my bidding, so whatever. And she did it so well. And Magenta, in her just kind of dead-eyed, s- semi-serious character that she's playing, I love her voice and how just deep and she talks like this and the whole time. And yeah, I, I liked her a lot. I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to dress up as Magenta for Halloween. I've also always wanted to dress up as Frankenfurter for Halloween because I feel like I would kill that. 
I've yeah, got you the, would. I've got the curly dark hair. I could just kind of you know tease it to high heaven and and mm-hmm. just rock it. And Susan Sarandon playing this you know dainty little virgin with her new fiance. And um, so I would say with her, Barry Boswick, yes, she, I would say, is the weakest link. But it was only at the beginning. I was kind of like, all right, she's playing the very stereotypical. But that's how she was supposed to be. That's how she is, because I know she's an incredible actor. Mm -hmm. We've seen her in so many things still to this day. So I know that's what she was supposed to do as her character anyway. But yeah, but then as it went on, like I started to like her more and more as the movie goes on. So yeah, yeah, Barry Boswick. Very Majors. Yeah, they play the perfect kind of 1970s couple that's just so innocent and pure and, you know, really cute and naive. They play that part very well. Of course, Tim Curry as Frankenfurter, no one else. No one else could play it like he does. I'm sorry. For sure. I don't care how many musicals and people that have played him in other, you don't do it like Tim Curry. He's... Yeah, I'm sure there's been a lot just Excellent. over the years. Yeah, that has that has done it. He but yeah, really leaves nothing behind. Like he he ate and left no crumbs. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Killed it. Uh, Patricia Quinn plays Magenta. Um, Little Nell is what they call her in the credits. Plays Columbia. Meatloaf, God rest his soul. Yep. Plays Eddie. I gotta say, if I had to pick, my least favorite would be Eddie. He's not in it that yeah, much. You're right. <laughs> But if I had, yeah, if I had to pick, he he's my least favorite. And the new one that they made a couple years back, he was played by Adam Lambert, I think. There was a new one a couple years there back? There was a new one that they, yes. Movie they or actually just a musical? It was a musical and it was... As in Broadway? But no, it wasn't on Broadway, I don't think. It was, so it was a movie? But it was, it was kind of like a... Um, like a televised... Oh, like a live show. Oh, okay, I guess. It was you. like a televised... Live event. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like for the for Halloween, I think they okay, did it. Okay, cool. And it was just like a special. It was, that's what I'm looking for. It's a, It was like an, a TV special that they did. Was not good. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did yeah. not like that. And I watched it because I was so excited and I, I just wasn't a fan. Kind of hard to top this one. It is. It's very hard and yeah. I get it. You know, I, I kind of went in thinking that. I was like, they're not going to do better than the movie. No. Um. But I, you know, I kept an open mind and I still just was like, eh, it was okay. Uh, Peter Hinwood plays Rocky Horror. Charles Gray uh, plays the criminologist, which he's so funny. That guy is funny. He's very good in this. Um, and then Dr. Everett Scott is played by Jonathan Adams. Yes. Yeah, all of them did just amazing. Great job by the casting directors or whoever. Did you miss Riff Raff? Oh my gosh, I did miss Riff Raff, Richard O'Brien. Yeah, so that's him. Yes, that's him. And he is actually the one singing the opening song. Right. Yeah, he is. And But it's not his lips. No, I know whose lips it, it was. You I do? had to look it up because okay. I was wrong it's in at the first. Trivia. Yeah. And I have I have a note about it, but so we'll get there to that. Okay. But yeah, so Riff Raff, the actor that plays him, so he's the one I tried to look up to see the difference because of the two that were credited for the music. So he's the one that actually wrote the songs is what and again people write in if you know any more information about it what i could find out about it was he wrote the songs and then richard hartley is the one that wrote the music so i'm gonna say he did very talented yeah so i'm gonna say all the songs were him and then oh i'm sure they co-wrote a lot of the stuff together and then i'm gonna say that richard o'brien did the lyrics and all that i'm gonna assume but yeah that's really cool for him to do that and also be in this movie as, like as an actor for quite a bit. He's basically one of the main characters in it. He is. So he's, he's, he does a lot. He does very well. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I just can't say enough how how well the entire cast does in this movie, and just from start to finish, I love it. I absolutely love it. It starts so strong. Oh yeah, so strong. Definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna say so. What I thought of the movie, I also really liked it too. And I don't. I'm trying to remember how I felt about it the first time seeing it, and I really don't know. But I think I'm sure I liked it then as well. But I'm sad that I didn't get to watch it with you the first time. First you saw time, it. yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was still there was some stuff I, t- I told you like, and we'll talk about the ending. I don't, I didn't remember some of that stuff from the ending. So that was cool. That was kind of like first time. Because some of that stuff, I was like, what? I didn't, I don't remember this, but... I don't love the ending as much as I love the beginning. No, I agree. Yeah, same. I love that they're aliens, though. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool to me. Yeah. This time, though, what really stuck stood out to me, and it could also just be, you know, when you watch a movie way later, you know, when you've grown up a lot more, right? So like I said, this has probably been at least 10 years, probably longer than that since I've seen it. This time I noticed, I didn't realize how funny this movie was. This, this was way more funny this time to me than I think the first time watching it. I don't think I laughed much the first time watching this. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I probably just got a lot of more, a lot more of it this time mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But it's way funnier than I thought it <clears throat> was in general, just from what I remember and what just the whole zeitgeist around this movie I didn't think, like, I knew there was some humor in it, but this is actually a lot more funny than I thought it was, which was cool. Right. I've seen this probably six or seven times total. And I think every time I watch it, I find something else that I didn't, like, see the first time around. That's and a sign of a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I love that. You pick out stuff you There's, never like, little saw. things yeah. that, that you catch in this, like, the more you watch it, that are just, like, little little Easter eggs or just, like, little funny things that happen that you're like, I don't remember that from the first time I watched it. And, and that's really cool. Is there something in particular? Or do you want to save it for notes? Is there something in particular that this time around, you're like, oh, I never noticed that before. Is there something that really stands out? Not not really. I didn't note anything that I was like, oh, I don't remember that happening. I, I do at the end when he's singing that I'm going home. I think I, I was able to recognize a little bit more this time how desperately Frankenfurter wanted to go back to his home planet. Like, I, I don't think that I caught the emotion the yeah, first time, especially definitely. with all, like, the people in the crowd that he's singing to that aren't actually there. Mm-hmm. Seeing it this time, it hit me a little bit harder, Oh, I would yeah, say. me too. Um, I think you probably have a deeper understanding of it this time around than probably the last time you saw it. Yes, I do. Yeah. Most definitely. Me too, yeah. Okay. Does this movie hold up? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And it's crazy. This was... So we mentioned... I think we mentioned on a couple of pods now we were trying to decide like, all right, what what's the next movie we do? And we haven't done anything from the 70s yet. And we've been trying to pick a couple of specific ones that we want to do because we kind of wanted to do a couple from each decade uh, at first and then kind of go from there. It's just funny that this is going to be the first one of all of our pods from the 70s yeah, is this movie. That is funny. But that's cool with me. I mean. Oh, yeah. absolutely. It's a great one to go into the 70s with. Definitely. It's definitely a 70s movie, for sure. I mean, it this is. is smack dab in the middle of the 70s. Yes, yeah. for yeah. sure. And I was thinking about that. I was Spe- like... Especially how- with the music. The music's very e- 70s. Yes. And how controversial was this movie in the 70s? Because I'm sure there was a lot of people that kind of stuck their noses up at... Oh, yeah. I can imagine. You know, men cross-dressing and... Mm-hmm. Definitely. And how just openly sexual this movie is very the whole openly. time. Yeah. And really leaves nothing out, mm-hmm. you know? Is there any, I guess, I don't know if that would really be in trivia. Do they talk about, like, any controversy when the film first came out? Not that I found Okay. when I was reading through the ones that I'm going to read later. Okay. Well, that's something else. If anyone wants to write in, send us a link or let us know. 
Were there people trying to stop this? Or? Yeah, I wonder if there's people standing outside the like cinema, like holding, like rioting <laughs> yeah, or something, right, yeah. getting upset <laughs> because of what the contents of the musical has. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the '70s had a lot of this is, m- movies that kind of were pivotal moments in, in oh, film definitely. history where you were introducing naughty things that weren't typically in movies before. Definitely, but not only that, just with movies in the '70s in general, just pushing the bar. Oh, yeah. Up higher a lot With in this nudity decade. and sex and... Mm-hmm. Violence, everything. Like, yeah, everything was... Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah, let's go ahead and do this. So, best scene. I was telling you this when we were watching it. My favorite scene, and I would say song in this musical, is when Frankenfurter arrives on the scene. He comes down from the mm-hmm. elevator... Definitely, yeah. ...in his cape and his fabulous high heels and... His song "Sweet Transvestite." I mean, five stars. I love that scene. I'll sing it from start to finish. It gets me so hype. That is one of the best songs. And he does so well with not only just singing this with such insane passion, but his facial expressions and his body language. And I mean, Tim Curry can walk in heels better than most women can. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> and he can run in them too. We we see well, yeah, you see that too. Yeah, in very high heels. I would like to add, mm-hmm. they're not just little heels. They are big high heels platforms. That's my fa- absolute favorite scene in the movie. It was really hard for me to pick a favorite song. That's uh, so. I was gonna mention that for this movie, I put okay. This is gonna be a new new question to add into. Was also favorite song. Favorite so you can song. go ahead and say that too. You don't know. What your favorite is? No, I just said is, Sweet Transvestite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my thought, favorite okay. musical number in this. There's so many good ones. It was there hard is, for me yeah. to choose, but I would say yes, that one. Yeah. I had the same for best scene. You did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think that is the best. Very cool. And I was thinking about with music, because I think that is one of the best songs too. I'm going to say, actually, mm. I'm very interested to hear what your favorite song no, is. No. Okay. So actually, this is, a, this is a three-way tie, which is not how this works, but- <laughs> I couldn't decide on the three because now that I'm thinking, so that one for sure, mm-hmm. but then uh, Time Warp and the opening, si- well, and the ending too, science fiction double feature. Yeah. All three of those. Yeah, very good. Are my three favorites, but I don't know. I don't know which one would be number one. Mm-hmm. I also really like Damn It, Janet. Yeah. I think that's such a cute song. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, musicals you have to be very rhymy in general, mm-hmm. but the way they do it in that one especially is is great. Very good. Yeah. No, oh, we got a visitor here. We got Duke. He's Duke gonna... has entered the podcast. Mm-hmm. You got anything to say about Rocky Horror? No. Nope. And he just and left. Gone. He did not like it. And he's gone. That's his official statement. I think he slept through all of it. Honestly, I think so too. I think I just <laughs> hit the mic with my knee. So. That's all right. He did. He he ate his his dinner and he. Peaced out. He was like, I'm going to take it up. The costumes also, I just want to add, incredible. They're like so iconic and messy and chic. And I just, and in the eyewear, of course, I have to say the eyewear. Of course. All of the uh, Transylvanians that are in like the suits doing the time warp all have different types of funky sunglasses. And I just, I'm living for it. Yeah, those are cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, all their, all their outfits and glasses and everything. Yeah, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Man, that's high up too. That's not number one, but that's high up, which is crazy because then it goes right into the best scene. But that's kind of part of it too, which I think was another one of my favorites, was that whole, when they're doing when they're doing the time warp. The time warp, I know. But I then love it, it leads when it, right into it. Yes, it leads right into mm-hmm. Frankenfurter coming on the scene. And 
I love during the time warp it, how it cuts to um, the criminologist explaining the time warp and the steps to That's it. So good. So good. Yeah. He's like, it's simple. He pulls down this projector screen thing mm-hmm. with the, the dance moves and he's like, it's just a jump to the left. And then it goes into the song and then, and you then know, back, they explain. Yeah. It's so, so good. And then by the end, he's dancing on his desk with them. He's very good. How many, before we do the last question, how many notes you have? I'm going to, I'm, I'm imagining you have a lot more than me. I have two pages. Okay. Yeah. So I'll kind of let you go a lot more than me since I think I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, just six. I only have six notes. But yeah, last question, again, probably going to be very easy. Best performance. Oh, yeah. Who is it? What do you Meatloaf. think? Meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, Meatloaf. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, like I said, Tim Curry, slam dunk. I wrote it down even before he was introduced because I just remember from before. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll change it as we go. No, I wrote it down immediately. I'm like, he's... It's yeah. no question. And you know what sucks is because probably part of it, probably there was controversy, but also I think it was, I don't know, I didn't look up box office and all that, but this seemed like this was a little under the radar when it came out. It was. I, that's in the trivia. Okay, cool. Yes. Perfect. Yeah, we'll so, talk about that. No awards. Yeah. I think there were some nominations, but no no wins. Mm-hmm. Which sad. is sad. That's but, a shame. But, as it ga- but there's a lot of movies like that that are really good that people realize later on. It just kind of, when the movie comes out, kind of low as far as popularity, but then just continues to rise. Mm-hmm. And probably has ever since, mm-hmm. the, you know, 1975. So uh, that's kind of how this one was. To touch on Tim Curry a little bit more, I something I really appreciate about Tim Curry, and I'm sure other people that watch him in his work notice this, I feel like what makes him such an excellent actor is that he's not afraid to take it to the next level with his roles. Definitely. He doesn't seem like the type in anything that he plays where he's like not, not afraid to make a fool of himself to get to that point in his, in his roles. Like he doesn't, I don't think he puts limits on himself as an actor and that's what makes him so iconic. Oh yeah. He's very versatile. We, we talked about, he's done a lot of voice acting too and a lot of stuff. He goes all in. Yeah, and he, he's done a lot of very, very, very different roles. Yeah. Like, there are definitely actors that I, that I can see who aren't putting forth, you know, they're not being creative within their roles. They're kind of sticking to the script. He's not one to stick to the script. He's going he's gonna to try everything, different things, and, you know, see, see what comes about. And, and he always, I feel like just, he just nails it. Yeah, he always nails it. I'm just looking through his IMDb because I know there's a couple, speci- especially voice roles that I know you love him in. And I was trying to remember. So actually he was on, this one I didn't know. Uh, I think it said only two episodes, but Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> he is, yes. Actually, I did it? know that. Okay, all um, right. Oh my goodness, who does he play in Phineas and Ferb? Well, the big one is coming up that I'll talk about. But okay. no, in Phineas and Ferb, hold on, let me go back. Worthington Dubois. Okay. Yeah, he's not like a- Stubbings, con- it says also? I don't know. I think he might play like, I'm trying to- Probably does a couple, yeah. Yeah, he does like a couple, like a few episodes, I think. He's not like in it always, if I were back. But gosh, I haven't watched Phineas and Ferb since I was, you know, obviously- This is the one younger. though. This is this is a huge one for you and I. Nigel Thornberry. Oh. <laughs> Bro, come I on. I can't even, I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> I know. 
So good. So good. Smashing. <laughs> Just, okay, the Wild Thornberries is one of those cartoons that is so underrated to me. I mean... I was just going to say underrated, even though it was pretty popular, but I still think it was underrated. A very core memory that I have as a child is when the movie The Wild Thornberries came out. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the name of that movie. I can't remember. But I had it on an orange Nickelodeon VHS tape. But when nice. when they showed this movie in the theaters, and I'm sure all of my 90s babies can remember this, going to the theater, you got scratch and sniff stickers that went along with the movie. And, you know, as the different scenes come up, you can little scratch your little stickers or whatever and, and get the sense from the different things that happened in the movie. And I just, so cool. it was amazing. Yeah. He's in Hey Arnold for three episodes. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm going to keep going because there's, yeah, he, he's done a lot of voice work as well. That's really good. So the Wild Thornberries movie is just called the Wild Thornberries movie. Okay. <laughs> that's what I thought. Oh, wait, no, this, hold on. Yeah, no, I think that's what it was called. He's in Charlie's Angels. Yes, he is. That'd be another one for you. Oh, no, no, no. The Scratch and Sniff was the movie from Rugrats Go Wild, where they do a crossover with, with the Rugrats. Oh, yeah, yeah. I That's that. what yeah. I'm thinking of. It was There was a Scratch and Sniff. And Nigel was in it. Yes, yeah. of course. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, my gosh. They have pictures of it. I'm getting s- flooded with so many memories and nostalgia here. It says, bring the Scratch and Sniff card with you when you go see Rugrats Go Wild, starting in theaters June 13th. What year was this? 2003. Yeah, that sounds I right. I was seven. <laughs> I, I mean, just a great memory from my childhood. It was amazing. Yeah, that's that's true. I guess you were, as far as culture growing up, because you and I talk about this a lot, because we have, there's a lot of stuff we we cross over with, with like stuff we watched growing up. But since I'm older than you, you still, a lot more of your like pop culture stuff is more 2000s. Right. And mine's more 90s. Yeah, well, if you're a 90s baby right. being born in the 90s, a lot of your core memories are from the early 2000s. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, where you were, I was in the in the area where I remember having VHS tapes, like all of my oh, yeah. Disney VHS tapes. In my in my childhood bedroom, I had that purple, um, clear plastic VCR with my purple clear uh, TV little box, and I had this little entertainment center. Wow, you had it all. Matching? Yeah, it was all matching. I had this little entertainment center in my bedroom where my VCR and my TV sat, and then underneath had all of my Disney VHS and Nickelodeon VHS tapes. And I just, I wish I still had that stuff. I really do. It's a shame. And then I eventually got the um, SpongeBob TV with the DVD player. I think that was my next one. And then Julian had the Batman TV uh, with nice. the DVD player, my brother. And, oh my goodness, so many good memories with that. Are you talking about the clear purple that was, they had that color in in the uh, N64 console? Yes, actually. Okay. It's like a darker purple. I think they called it atomic purple or something. Yeah, I remember. You see all the wires and stuff in the TV and the VHS. Yeah, the I VHCR. love those. Yeah. So that, Very cool. that one, I think my brother Josh, I think he had it. His N64 was that one. That's so I love cool. that. Yeah, and the controller too. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I had the the clear PlayStation controllers. Oh, yeah, I have one of those too. The PS1, right? Yeah. yeah well, yeah. actually... PS2? I think no, it was, they did it on PS2. I, I yeah. think mine was PS2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't think... 
I had a PS1. I mean, we had a PS1, but I think I was still too young to play PS1. PS1 came out in 95, yeah. You yeah, were. PS2 was my like first video game console. I had mm-hmm. a Sega Genesis also. Obviously, that came out way before yeah. I was born, but I still had one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had an N64 also. Sorry, we're going off on a tangent here. No, your main was the DS and the Game Boy. Oh, that yeah. was like I started what you off, did the right. most. My Game Boy Advance, then I got the Game Boy SP, which was the one that flipped open, the little cube one. Yep, I still got mine of that over there, and I have that same color, Atomic Purple Game Boy Color. Yes, and I have the the Game Boy Advance in just like the gray clear one with wires. And then after the Game Boy SP, I got the first DS, that clunky silver one. Um, but it was like so insane because obviously it had like the stylus you know, the two screens, and it was just, like, the coolest thing that came out. And then there was the DS Lite, Mm -hmm. which I had the white one. I really wanted the pink one, but I got the white one. Yeah. And then the 3DS I got was the blue 3DS. Okay, yeah. And that was sick. So here, I just, I had to to bring it out. So this is what you're talking about. Here, I'll hand it to you in a second. Yeah. Game Boy Color. But this is the color you're talking about, right? Let me see here. Yes. Yeah, this is the color. That is so sick. Oh my gosh. So many good memories. Thanks, Dad, for always keeping us, you know, up on the times with our our gaming consoles and our VCRs and DVD players and Blu-ray discs and all that stuff. Yeah, I didn't have all that. (laughs) (laughs) Jared and I had very different childhoods Yeah. (laughs) as far as, you know, the things that we had. Yeah, the stuff we had, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> we'll get into probably notes next. I want to talk about the director because I've never heard of this guy. So Jim Sharman. And I looked up, he's only directed six movies and I've never heard of any of them. <laughs> so not a big director. Didn't even do much. And Rocky Horror was his second movie. The other ones, I have no idea. So yeah, that's weird. He has huge gaps in his directing career. So I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. But yeah, just wanted to I mean, obviously mention. we know the Rocky Horror picture show holds up because they still do Rocky Horror productions to this day. Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of famous musicals like that, yeah, they'll, they'll right. they still it's, do them. It's one that I really love that I don't know, you probably don't like this one, but I kind of want them to make into a movie because they still never have and it's it's a very old musical. It's Wicked. Do you know what Wicked is? Yes, I know what Wicked is because it's Some very amazing popular. music in that too. You know, honestly, Jared, I've never seen Wicked. I couldn't tell you a thing about it. Well, they never did a movie, but you're saying you never, never seen the musical, never or, seen the or, musical or anything. Yeah, I mean, I haven't ever gone to see it, but I've sure. But listen I mean, to all the music. I've mm-hmm. seen videos of the Broadway performance over the years. But man, there's some amazing music in that too. But musicals in general, they're not even counting all the amazing vocalists that are involved with just any type of musical. Just the music and the composition you have to do for writing musicals is crazy. We can talk about the music a little bit later. I don't really no actually i don't really have a spot for that i guess we could talk about it now mm-hmm. you want to talk about the music as a whole yeah we okay. can we mentioned like our favorite songs but i mean just as a whole yeah they i i one part i mean musicals obviously the the thing i don't <laughs> like about most musicals is ones that only have music the whole way through where it's like they have conversations in song also i just i like that this one has acting dialogue and then music that goes with the scene that kind of I know what you mean yeah um interprets the story the only musical that I like that's like that is Les Miserables 
because Les Miserables is, I mean, music from start to finish. There's a couple scenes that they talk, but for the most part, it's just singing. Yeah, but that's I true. really, really love that one as well. I read the book. I was gonna I've s- seen the Broadway, not in person, but like I've seen the Broadway production on the TV. Mm-hmm. And then the movie was outstanding. Yeah, it was. Hugh Jackman did really well in that. Yeah, another person you're like, oh, didn't know he could sing. Oh, no, he's he's very, I mean. Well, I mean at the time because then he did well, other he, stuff he too. Well, he got a start on Broadway, Hugh Jackman. Did he really? He did. Before he acted? Yes. Didn't know that. That All was right. like his, his big thing. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. That's Never why he's then. in uh, The Greatest Showman. And well, he yeah, sings I know so that. Well, but yeah. no, I'm I'm I didn't know. I'm yeah, I didn't almost know. positive Hugh Jackman started on Broadway. Wow. Let me look it up. I just want to make sure. Aussie starting on Broadway. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So another one I was going to mention is Sweeney Todd because that there is some spots where there isn't music, but that has that's that's pretty similar to where there's music for almost all of it, right? And yes. I know you love oh, that yeah. movie too. I love Sweeney Todd Demon Barber. Now that one, Johnny Depp, I was like, wow, this guy actually has a great voice. He did a lot of training for that movie. Did you know that? That's one where he had to do a lot of... Oh, sure. But he sounded great in it. He did. Mm-hmm. But your boy, what's his name? He sounds great in it. The kid that's now in Stranger Things. Oh. um, That guy's amazing. Yeah, he is amazing. Yeah, I oh, forget gosh, his name. I forget his name, too. I hate that. He's huge now just because of Stranger Things. Like, he blew up. Now, just from that, which is crazy. So from this um, article, nationaltoday.com, it says Jackman got his first acting job straight out of University of Corelli, a drama series on ABC. After Corelli, Jackman enjoyed a stage musical career until 2000. So he predominantly, is that the right word? Did musicals. Yeah. yeah. He, and his voice is excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just a side note here. Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe, stop it. <laughs> I love how we just immediately knew. Yeah, I knew we were going. Russell Crowe. Not great. Great <sighs> actor. But maybe don't sing. <laughs> maybe like not hey guys, do that stop. <laughs> Hey, guy. Hey, guy. Stick to acting. Uh, I appreciate you putting yourself out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can, you know. I, Anne I, Hathaway, props though. Props to you. Anne Hathaway, oh, gosh. Amazing. That song, I, I almost cry every time I hear that song. Mm-hmm. I do cry when I hear that song. She did, oh, the gut-wrenching. Mm-hmm. It's gut, It's one of those gut-wrenching Oh, it's songs. even harder when you see in context sure. why she's singing that. Right, of course. All right, this is not a no, sorry. podcast about that movie. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I guess we I guess we got to do that one, too, at some point. Yeah, yes. We watched that one kind of recently, so we'll have to hold we on to that. We did. Yeah, the music, so I'm not going to talk about it a whole lot, but yeah, it's, it's amazing as a whole, musically. So I'm going to talk about just musically mm-hmm. now. What I noticed a lot, and actually I noticed this even in the way, so I'm going to say for the music, there's a lot of Queen and Bowie influence, which makes sense for the time that this is in. Oh, man. But I noticed that a lot. Specific- Why wasn't Bowie in this? Right, I know, right? <laughs> but That would have been sick. Specifically with the, anytime you hear any electric guitar, any guitar solos, very... I would say Brian May solos, which is the guitarist of Queen. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Mm-hmm. To the point where I was like, did he do like a guest solo right. in this? Because I was like, dang, that's a very Brian May solo. But so musically, that's what I thought about. But then even the way Tim Curry, when he's singing and kind of his body language and what and the way he moves around, very Bowie mm-hmm. and very Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which makes sense. But I, I, I thought about that. Definitely. Like kind of the stage moves that they would do. Yes. Very similar. I wonder if he uh, studied them at all. That's a good, that's, I would love to know that. They seem very similar. It was cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's great. I can, um, since this is kind of a music thing anyway, and then I'll let, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you go with notes for a while. But my first note is, yeah, the 20th 
20th Century Fox opening. Music oh, yeah. redone in the style of the... Very cool. Yeah, with the piano is, is great. I like that a lot. Now, yeah, now, now you can go into your, your notes for a while, let you, let you cook. Let you cook. <laughs> let me cook. Let me cook. Uh, okay, so I wanted to talk about immediately the iconic Rocky Horror Picture Show font that they show oh, up on man. the screen. Insane. I love it. It's the perfect, it really is the perfect font. I love the attention to detail in this musical from the 20th Century Fox, you know, rendition to go along with the musical, the font that they used. Um, I also have a note about the transitions from scene to scene were very cool for having it be from like the mid 70s. Oh yeah, I was, man, why didn't I make a note of that? I I was thinking about that multiple ways through the movie. Yeah, a lot of different Really cool, unique transitions. Yes, very cool. Like the screen melting Mm -hmm. transition or just like the slideshow kind of from one to the other, the side swipe thing. Very. um, So the font, I was going to mention actually, that font was almost when we were talking about what font to use for our, for film banter for the uh for the cover of the pod i thought about almost that but then i would think okay maybe people would think we were only doing we're like horror. a horror film podcast but i just love that font it'd be it so is sick so awesome yeah 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 i love it so many iconic lines and quotes from this musical um and the little things that you kind of notice in the background too like um in the wedding scene in the beginning when the uh husband and wife drive off in their in their car on the side of the car it says she got hers now he'll get his mm-hmm. you know like hey oh there's a lot of hey oh moments and yeah, there's you know it's just it's, very sexual throughout the whole movie right there's <laughs> very, a lot of little um yeah yeah, yeah. That no, very beginning, that. I don't have a note about this, but I just thought about, I love them just in the background, their facial expressions. Yeah. You know, they're just standing in the, in the background the whole time through, not only when they're singing, but even the very first shot mm-hmm. when they're in the front of the church. Yes. That's that's great. And the um, the two, uh, looks like the church keepers, like the, they're, they look like the uh, couple from that iconic painting. Um, oh, give me a second. Oh, the painting that's in the house. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a, the, the painting is actually in the house later. It's called, oh gosh, American Gothic. That painting yeah. with the the man that looks like a farmer, farmer with his yeah. little um, pitchfork. Pitchfork, yeah, and the wife, and they're standing behind there, and they also kind of sing along with the "Damn It, Janet" number, um, and then the painting is later on in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really cool. Just little Easter eggs like that, and then the sign in the background where it says Denton, the home of happiness. Yeah, when they're standing in front of it, when when he proposes to her, when um. Brad proposes to Janet. Yeah, like I said, the attention to detail and the little things that they kind of throw in this movie is so cool. And that's another thing that you kind of notice the more you watch the movie over and over again, you see those little Easter eggs Mm -hmm. um, in the background. Let me go to this also because this is also the very beginning is the opening close-up of the lip singing. At first, well, so my note is, yeah, so that close-up of the lip singing, my note is you need your lips and teeth to be on point because that's a very close shot. Oh, boy. I'm like, dude, whoever they got, which... At first, I thought it was, I was like, okay. Because then when I saw Tim Curry, I'm like, it looks similar to his teeth. Because they do like a close-up. But then I uh, I looked and it's Patricia Quinn, apparently. Yes. Yeah. 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 And we'll talk about that in trivia because I have a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, I guess more. now I'm thinking about, no, I was looking at the teeth specifically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. The lips are not. No, Tim Curry's teeth are, are very different. Oh, you're right. Because he's British. Yeah, you see his, yeah, they're a little, little crooked. Are they? Because I thought I saw, maybe I, maybe I'm thinking not of as, hers. Uh, not as so much as top row as his bottom row. Okay. That's what, I, yeah. 
I would say. Okay, maybe I didn't see the bottom row, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, at first I was like, I have no idea who this is. And I said, it's got to be someone from the movie mm-hmm. that this yeah. close-up is of. I wanted to add the the scene with the time warp when um, Janet and Brad enter the castle and Riff Raff is kind of leading them back into the little party room, like saying, you've arrived on a special night, you know. And the party room and the guests wearing their outfits and their sunglasses and then just dancing to the time warp. Do not invite me to a party unless it is like this party because I'm not interested is what I'm saying. I have a note directly in relation to that. Do you? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So when they first enter the house, my note is the difference between this couple and us, if we just got engaged and ended up in this place, is she was very unsettled, but you would immediately be happy and be like, yay, hey, let's let's party. Yeah. That would be you She's entering like, this house. You know, I don't know if I want to be You'd here. You'd be like, hey, let's go. I, I know. I would have seen this and I'd be like, oh, this is a God thing. I belong here. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> walking into all these people dressed so wacky, I would feel immediately at home. Yeah. Which makes sense now knowing that they're aliens because that would be tight. Can you imagine walking into a house party and everyone there is from a different planet, Jared? No, I can't imagine that. That would be incredible. But (laughs) I'm thinking though that you said that. I didn't realize. So everyone in that house was an alien. The Transylvanians, I I believe. So even all the people dancing, everyone? I I didn't think think that. In the credits, they're listed as Transylvanian number one, Transylvanian number two. I believe they're all from the planet. Riff Raff and yeah, them of course. But I mean, everyone. I didn't realize everyone in the house was. I yes, I believe in the cast list they are classified as different Transylvanians. They don't have names, but they're Transylvania number one, number two, number three. Um, Which would make sense because they're kind of odd too. Yeah, that's true. Um, I the one thing I'm unclear on is if Columbia is because she was oh. you know a part of the end with Rocky, Brad, Janet, and Columbia were the ones dancing on the yeah. stage, but Columbia never. I don't think it was clear if she was from. Um, but that would make transsexual. Sense. But that would make sense that she wasn't because. She was up there with them. They're the only humans right. technically there. So yeah. I guess, yeah, maybe she was Although wasn't. Rocky, he's kind of, he was made in well, a he was made, but sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, he was made, but that's yeah. not technically from the No, he's not planet. from, yeah. Yeah. So those of you that don't know, Frankenfurter's opening song, when he shows up, he says, I'm a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. He is a transvestite because the people yeah, from... Yeah, we should clarify that. <laughs> yeah. The planet is called transsexual, mm-hmm. and those from transsexual are called transvestites, mm-hmm. and they are in the galaxy Transylvania. So that's the thing. He's not literally a transvestite. Right. He is from the planet transsexual in the galaxy Transylvania, if that makes sense to everybody. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to clarify that, yeah, because it's kind of confusing especially when you hear those words back to back you're like wait yeah. what it's a but little yeah. hard to follow but that's that's what it makes it is. sense for the it makes sense obviously the the words you know yes yeah now at the end when he they kind of clarify yeah that's because they kind of clarify that at the end you think back to the song and you're like okay that makes a little bit more sense mm-hmm. because obviously tim curry is a cross-dressing man yeah and we kind of talked like oh we kind of talked about this earlier though but yeah especially in 1975 this is very ahead of, of its time in oh, all those, my in goodness, all those yes. aspects which is crazy to think about that's why we were wondering if there was controversy right yeah yeah 
with this. Like yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, 1975. So that's that's going on almost 50 years. Mm-hmm. In two years, it'll be 50. Yeah, so 48. 48 years. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's how old this movie is. I'm not ready for that um, post to pop up on my phone that Tim Curry has passed away. Yeah, I know. But he is, set, what did you say, 77? He's got some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got some time left. Yeah, honestly, that's why I had to look up his age because I, I actually thought he was older than that. I thought he was like mid-80s at least. Yeah, he's had some health problems, unfortunately. He has, but I think he's I think he's doing okay. He's I'd, still doing voice acting, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, I think he's doing better, but it, it said, I don't know if he's recovered or I th- I guess, I'm assuming he's permanently in there, but he's wheelchair bound. Makes me sad. That makes yeah, my heart hurt. I know. He's done some really cool things though. Yes. Um, let's talk about Brad's tidy whities Okay. They're what do like, you want to say about They them? look like a diaper. Yeah, they do. They're very long. Big little, not big little. Big is, little what? <laughs> big little is a little um, of an oxymoron, but it's uh, looks like he got a sock stuffed down there, like a thick tube sock. As it's yeah. Maybe he does. Maybe he did. It's just so funny when they like undress him, and you're like, "What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, I, I got only three more, so yeah, keep going. Okay, so. Uh, I loved how the uh, criminologist has Frankenfurter, like when they, he has like a map drawn out of where the castle is, where they broke down and like where they end up and they have, he just says Furter. His name's just Furter in, in his notes. I was like, oh, I'm just going to call him Furter. Furter, yeah, I like that. For the podcast, it's a little bit easier to say. When uh, Frankenfurter makes Rocky, like he's unveiling his creation, this perfect male specimen that he makes and he kind of uh, pulls back the curtain and shows uh, their kind of you know, because obviously they're kind of playing onto the fact that this it, Rocky is was made for Frankenfurter mm-hmm. as his companion and they kind of walk hand in hand like they're getting married to their bed. That bed is my dream bed. It's a huge... Really? It was like an Alaskan king with black satin canopy oh, yeah. over top and the monogram pillows with their initials on it. Beautiful. I aspire to have like a dope bed like this. is like all black and... Yeah, I like that. It's very cool. All black, you don't have to sell me on it. If it's I all know. black, that's cool. Jared's immediately on board. Another line that made me laugh was when... The, the scenes where uh, Janet and Brad go to their separate rooms to sleep at the castle that night and Janet's in her bed and it looks like Brad comes in and all you see is like their silhouettes with the in the bed and she's like, Brad, oh, I'm so happy you're here, you know, but then she pulls a wig off and it's actually Frankenfurter. Mm-hmm. I die every time. It's yeah, so funny. funny. And and she gets all upset that he, she, he was kissing all up on her and she goes, I was saving myself. And he says, well, I'm sure you're not spent yet. <laughs> Dang. So good. <laughs> so funny. All of those, the dialogue is just insane. Yeah. There's a lot of good dialogue. A lot of good quotes, memorable quotes from this movie. And uh, further out here seducing everybody. Everyone, yeah. No man is safe. No man or woman is safe Mm-mm. in this castle from Frankenfurter and his seduction. But the best line I have to I have to highlight is when, and this is one that stuck with me for a while, even from the first time I saw it, was when he goes, it's not easy having a good time. Even smiling makes my face ache. Yeah. I love that line. It's good. 
And the he's fa- so dramatic. And, I know, and the face he makes when he does that. Yeah, he like great. bites his finger and kind of <laughs> yeah. looks away. Yeah. He also breaks the fourth wall like a thousand times. Yeah, he does. Yeah. In this in this musical, he looks straight at the camera when he's talking, and yeah, very good. A couple other characters do that too, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, which ones? Because I none come to mind for me. No, at so the I think Doctor Everett Scott does at one point when he's in the house. He does look at the camera and says something. Okay. Which I thought was weird. Oh yes, he does when he's at the table, the, at dinner, the dinner table. table yep. And he says, um, "It's like that. It's during that that song. It's like the worst song in the movie, in my opinion. His little when he's talking about mm-hmm. Eddie being a troubled child, and he's looking for him, and he's obviously dead." This is a note of mine. I was wondering, in particular, about him, Doctor Everett Scott. This is the first thing I was wondering. I don't really have a note about it, but I'm just wondering. He's a UFO investigator for the government. Is he? I didn't know that was his specialty. Yeah, and that was the first thing that you hear about. I didn't catch that. That they, that they talk specifically about like aliens mm. is in that scene. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, because like, he, oh. he mentions aliens and everybody mm-hmm. gets like, <gasps> you know. But no, I looked into, maybe they don't actually mention that, but I saw when I looked at this movie on IMDb, yeah, it says he's a UFO investigator for the government, which is interesting. So he it's was, very cool. yeah, I don't know. Our cousin Nathan texted me. Okay. You so want to share it on the pod? He said he found another back quarter. Oh, <laughs> the back quarters. <laughs> so apparently, so yeah, not apparently, this is real because he walked into the optical one day and he's like, look what I found. The 2020 quarters, one of the designs have bats on them. <laughs> yeah. And when you just say <laughs> that, I'm like. I find so ironic. When you say that, I'm like, that doesn't sound real, but it's very real. They did make them. How rare are they though? Are they. How many do they make? Do you know? Uh, I looked this up and I can't remember how many there are that are in production. But after he told me that, I was like, nah. And then I, I you know, I kept looking every time I would get changed. And I did. I have a you couple. One, yeah. I have a couple in my possession now. I, I only have one more note. Or actually a couple more notes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. This is going back a little bit. I guess I should have mentioned this earlier. Uh, so when Brad and Janet are in the car driving in the rain before they get to the house. Mm-hmm. And the tire blows out and he holds his arm out over Janet's, I guess her chest. You know, he does this move. <laughs> the Seinfeld episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I was going with it. I, I was yes. hoping you would pick up on that. Yes. It made me think of it immediately. Uh, the Oh, what is George, that? It's George's dad. George's father. What does he call it? Stop short. The stop short. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets mad because... George uses it, uses that move, and he's like, "That's my move." That's my move, yeah, dude. To cop a feel, <laughs> the stop short, the stop short to graze the boobs. Yeah, so oh good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it's like you can't say anything because he's just being a gentleman and looking out for your safety. Exactly. But he's catching a feel. Yeah, so good. That one just came organically into this pod, but I want. I feel like I want to mention <laughs> Seinfeld in every pod. I haven't. I've mentioned it in a couple. We could if we really came, tried. We could if we tried, but I didn't want to force it. But this one came very natural. It I did. thought of that immediately. Oh, yeah. With that. And I was. When you mentioned it, it, it came to me. Yeah. I didn't think about it at the time, but that's. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> the stop short. Uh, okay. Best legs in the game. Do you have an opinion on this? Because I do. No. Brad it, has the best legs in fishnets. Brad. Brad. If you go back and watch it. He's got beautiful legs, beautiful calves, <laughs> and they look amazing in fishnets. So well done. Um, so he's number one. I, in my opinion, when they're all lined up on the stage at the end and they're all in their- Barry Boswick. Barry Boswick, he outshines the other actors with those legs. 
He can't walk in heels. He looks like a newborn baby deer. But <laughs> what about uh, Rocky Horror? He's got a good body. I know he's not wearing he's the chiseled. Yeah, I mean so he's wearing fi- he's wearing fishnets at the end too. Oh yeah, I guess I he just is. don't yeah. think that they hold a candle to Brad's wow. legs. Okay, he's got great legs. Definitely though, the men are, look better than the fishnets than the women do. I'm gonna say. Okay, their legs are very nice. Maybe that was intentional. Maybe. For this movie, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, Tim Curry has an incredible body in this too. He looks good. Looks good in his. Uh, yeah, how how old up. was he when he did this? Uh let me look that up for you. So the very beginning scene, you know, that I mentioned, very opening, right when they're all outside the church, yeah, and they're all standing behind. Mm-hmm. That's like the only time you see him just normal. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, dang, he looks young. Yes, he does. So I wonder. I mean, we could figure it out. Yeah, he's seventy-seven now. So. Tim Curry in Rocky Horror was 28 Okay. in the movie. That opening scene, maybe it's just the way he's dressed and looks, but he looks even younger than 28. Yeah. Not late, not later, but just that first scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. He does look like a baby. Oh, Duke one's up. Okay. Duke one's up on the... Come on. Oh, Bubba. Hey, you Bubba. Thank you. Oh, oh. He was, oh, he was he was going to say something in the mic. Yeah, he was pointing his nose towards the mic. Like he had something to say. Probably condemning us for watching this and liking it so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was asleep. Yeah. The space alien costumes, this is my last note. The space alien costumes I at the end those. where Fraff and Magenta are wearing are out of control. They're sick. And I love that her hair has like the Bride of Frankenstein thing going on. Oh, yeah. I love that with too. With the white... No, I understand. This is about as good as you can get with that effect in 1975, but the lasers, pretty bad. But that's pretty much all they probably could have done special effects wise. It's bad. Yeah. It and is it bad, sucks. Though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> She's bad. And she sucks. Yeah. It wasn't good. But it's, it, I think it kind of adds to it. It just, it just add, yeah, it makes does. it look, you know. Yeah. For the time, it's, it's great. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's it for your notes? That's the end of my notes, yeah. All right, my last one is maybe IMDb Trivia will have an answer to this, or maybe I need to go deep into the Reddit to get the answers to this, but when Dr. Frankenfurter is wearing the green dress, right? Yes. So fairly early on when they're in the house. The lab lab, um, scene, which is lab incredible. That like pastel pink tile and cool, all of yeah. the white uh, busts and statues that are standing around, insane. Yeah. So, like, vaporwave aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very vaporwave. <laughs> all right, so he's wearing that green tr- dress. It has a red triangle on the top left. Yes. Is there some meaning or symbology to this? I was wondering that. Me too. Because I've never, like, found out if that means anything. Nothing on IMDb either? Mm-hmm. I did. It wasn't in the trivia. All right. It's got to be a deep Reddit thing. Maybe people have theories on it because that seemed intentional and they don't say anything about it in the movie. I would be surprised if it wasn't intentional. Right. Because I feel like everything has a symbol in this movie. Although now it could just be a thing from their home planet. I don't know. Something to do with their home planet, you know? Okay. There is a Reddit thread. Perfect. I knew there'd be something for this. Yes. In Rocky Horror Picture Show, this is from a Reddit thread. The guy's name is Punani Realness, and it's on a thread <laughs> called Movie Details. <laughs> Knock it off. 
in Rocky Horror Picture Show, Dr. Frankenfurter wears a triangle on his chest. The symbol was used by Nazis to identify gay prisoners. Whoa. It has now been reclaimed as a symbol of gay pride. So it was gay Nazi prisoners? They put that I on? What? That th- no, okay, so listen. I went down a deep, deep rabbit hole with Nazi Germany. Right. I'm willing to put down money that I remember them signifying, and this is even in A Handmaid's Tale, when they're okay. when they hang people that, you know, are outside of that wall in Handmaid's Tale. I'm pretty sure they used a pink triangle in Nazi Germany to signify okay. homosexual. It's not red. Yeah, so somebody somebody wrote in saying the triangle actually is pink. But doesn't really show in that scene. Okay, so it's a oh, pink triangle. That makes sense. This could be, yeah, just how it looked when they were filming it. Oh, and people are adding that Dr. Von Scott being German can have something to do with wow, that as well. I didn't well. think about that. Yeah, he's very German. Mm-hmm. Um, the pink triangle also, I b- believe, was upside down when they signified it on... Um, like as that symbol. I don't think it's like an upright triangle. I'm pretty sure it was upside down. Let me look okay. it up. Let me look that I'm up too. His, now wasn't, I gotta, now his I was know. not. His is not. His, it's yeah. a regular triangle like a pyramid. But it could have been pink and just the color grade made it look red. Yeah. Pink triangle has been a symbol of the LGBT community, uh, but it is upside down. Uh, initially intended as a badge of shame. Interesting. Okay. So do we want to get into trivia? So what, well, why is it a regular triangle then? That I he's don't wearing? know. Hmm. Maybe, maybe because he likes... Everyone. <laughs> Let's see. 10 things you didn't know about Rocky Horror. Oh, this goes into it. Okay, hold on. Let me let me pull it up here. On Decider website, there's an article called 10 Things You Didn't Know About the Rocky Horror Picture Show by Tyler Coates. And he talks about this. Dr. Frankenfurter's lab coat is inspired by a concentration camp uniform. Okay, yes. So it is. One of the many badges used on the uniforms of those placed in German concentration camps during the Holocaust, like the more recognizable yellow star that identified Jewish prisoners, mm-hmm. the pink triangle de- des- designated homosexual male prisoners. The symbol's appearance in Rocky Horror coincides with its adoption by gay rights activists in the mid-70s to bring awareness to LGBT discrimination. Okay. okay. So that is what it means. Hmm. I, that crossed my mind. I had no idea about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I, that is a good segue to go into trivia then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. The first one says theatrical movie debut of Tim Curry. What? Was this Tim Curry's first? No. Hold up. I was just looking at his IMDb. He had some stuff before this. Oh, theatrical though, maybe. Yeah. He could have just yeah. been, he could have just been in TV stuff or TV movies, but yeah. Mm-hmm. First thing in the cinema. Yeah, on Wikipedia article says Curry's first full-time role, role was as part of the original London cast of the musical Hair in 1968 where he met Richard O'Brien who went on to write Curry's next full-time role, that of Dr. Frankenfurter in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was actually written in 1973. Jeez, not quite as impressive as Edward Norton, but still like just hitting it out of the park, just going to 11 on your first role. You know, is just, you know, yeah. Edward Norton in Primal Fear and Amazing. then Tim Curry in this. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, according to interviews, Patricia Quinn only took a role in the play because she loved the opening song, Science Fiction Double Feature. She was upset when she didn't get to sing the song in this movie, but agreed to lip sync the words as the pair of red lips in the beginning with the vocals by Richard O'Brien. Right. Yeah. His voice, but yeah. her mouthing it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So she, that's, she wanted to sing it also, but she, she was not chosen for that. Uh, when this movie first opened, it had a traditional release with afternoon and early evening screenings. 
It bombed. Meatloaf said he attended an opening week performance with writer and director Jim Sharman in the Midwest, and the theater was empty except for them. Midnight screenings became popular in the mid-70s, and word of mouth began to spread that the midnight audience might enjoy this movie. It began showing at midnight in a few cities and became so popular that it has been shown continuously in movie theaters since 1975, making it the longest theatrical run in history. The museum, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher this, um, Lichtspiel Cinema in um, München, Germany, Germany? Uh, has okay. screened the movie every week since June 24th, 1977, offering special RHPS kits to enable celebrations during the show. The kits contain a biscuit for the toast, rice, a whistle, a candle for There's a Light, and a sheet of paper with instructions for the time warp. That's awesome. So that theater's been running it since 77. Jeez. Still to this day. Still to this day. That's awesome. Filming took place from October through December. In Bray, near Windsor, England, Barry Boswick claims he was always wet during filming because the castle had a leak. There was one warm room, in quotations, filled with space heaters where cast members took turns warming up until the room caught fire. Oh, hold up. So this movie filmed for only like two or three months. They got all of it done that quick. That's crazy. Okay, next, uh, in an interview with Terry Gross on her radio program, Fresh Air, Tim Curry said he got to meet King Charles III and Princess Diana because she loved Curry in this movie. She requested the meeting while he was in a production of Love for Love that they attended. Curry recalled that he was placed at the end of the receiving line, and while Prince Charles only vaguely recognized Curry from seeing him on television, Princess Diana told Curry with a wicked smile that Rocky Horror had quite completed my education. Princess Di. Wow. She was for the people. She really was. Gone way too soon. She died the year I was born. Mm -hmm. Yes, she did. Amazing style, by the way. Yes. Princess Diana has some iconic looks. Yes, I agree. She looked great. Okay, next. When Barry Boswick pounds his fist on the table during the dinner scene, he accidentally pounds it on the hand of Susan Sarandon. The reaction from Sarandon is prominent and real. She got her revenge by accidentally stepping on Boswick's foot with her spike heel during the floor show scene. His reaction is also visible. Dang. Okay, so she she went in and did that afterwards. Accidentally is in parentheses. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The order in which Frank turns on the colored spigots while creating Rocky Horror was not random. Each color was being rapidly shouted at Tim Curry by someone off screen. During the second close-up, a brief look of confusion can be seen on Curry's face as he scrambled to find the right color. They're just yelling out random ones? Yeah, so I was wondering during that scene, I was like, is he putting these colors in in a specific way or is he just kind of winging it? Someone was shouting out colors for him to open the spigots for each of them. I wonder if there's any specific order to it that they wanted. Well, when it, the tub is filled up, it's in rainbow color. So that could, maybe they were doing it Roy G. Biv. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. Uh, <clears throat> next, Tim Curry was very reluctant to talk about this movie for years due to some bad memories about overzealous fans. He told VH1 that he grew chubby and plain to try escaping the role of Frank. These days, he's more open to talk about this movie and even sees it as a rite of passage for teenagers. I'm sure he did. This was such an awesome role for him. He probably became his identity. It came like a George Costanza type situation. Yeah, so he, so he purposely then 
put on weight and change the way he looked. To yeah, kind of keep his identity yeah, yeah. because of, like it says, overzealous fans. Well, I believe that. But that would have been, that would have taken a while because this movie, like you said, was bombed originally. Right. So it would have been probably like a year or so later is when people would start really recognizing them. Um, I have two more. Okay. The next one, the set had no heat and no bathrooms. When Susan Sarandon told the studio heads, they told her she was complaining too much. She caught pneumonia after filming the pool scene in her skimpy outfit. According to Richard O'Brien, she was shaking with fever and should have been under medical supervision, but refused to stop working. Wow. She refused to stop working? She refused to stop working even though she had caught pneumonia. That's crazy. Yeah. And the studio had <laughs> told her pro. she was complaining too much. Well, that's messed up, but... That's so mid-70s yeah, to tell is. a woman <laughs> stop complaining and then literally you're just, get you're sick. You're just being hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> Are you on your period? Are you on your period? Oh, man. <laughs> Actually, I have two more. Two more after that. Richard O'Brien was concerned that Meatloaf might not be able to handle hot patootie, bless my soul. O'Brien brought out the music and handed it to him, saying, It's okay to flub a few lines. No one in the London cast has ever sung the whole thing correctly anyway. He looked at it, replied, What's the problem? Then sang the whole thing without skipping a beat. Yeah, it's Meatloaf. Why yeah. did he think that he couldn't do it? I don't know. Come on, dude. A professional. Yeah, of course Meatloaf could do it. Yeah, he would do a lot of things for love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then lastly, Steve Martin auditioned for the role of Brad Majors. That would be awesome. That would have been awesome. I 100% see Steve Martin as Brad Majors. Absolutely. That would have made the movie even better. I think so. Because this guy, I actually, I didn't really look into his IMDb. I didn't recognize him, you know, this actor. Right. But man, Steve Martin. Whew. Steve Martin could have done it and he could have done it well. Very well. Yeah. Does Steve Martin sing though? Maybe yes. that's why. Does he? Oh yeah. He did a lot with his uh, stand up. Oh. Yeah. He would have a banjo. See, I had no idea. He would have a banjo and sing. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. He's a really good musician too. Wow. He can play a lot. I wonder what made the... Oh, he's probably really busy doing... But he auditioned for it. He wanted the part. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Interesting. Sometimes those things happen where the actor wants the part, but then even if they could potentially do it, since he was really hot at that time, mm -hmm. a lot of times then there's scheduling conflicts and then maybe there was even something even better he wanted to do. Maybe. At that time and then he just didn't... I don't know. Or maybe they just didn't like him, which I, how, how could you just say no to him? Yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine them being like, nah, we're going with someone else when he wanted to. What a crazy thought, like to have Steve Martin instead of um, Barry Boswick. Excuse me. Yeah. Maybe in a parallel universe, we'd be able to see that happen. I love seeing all the like what ifs of actors oh, in I know. roles. That's like some of my favorite stuff to see. Like, all right, could I see this person in it? And a lot of times it's like, yeah, that'd be cool, but. You're so used to the character. It's usually like really iconic mm -hmm. characters. And then you're like, well, I can't see it as anyone else now, right? This is one of those ones where... Like if, if you're like, like, oh, this person, this famous actor is going to be Dr. Frankenfurt instead of Tim Curry, you'd be like, nah. Right. Because you can't see anyone else. And plus sure. he just killed it. But this is one of those situations where I can see Steve exactly. Martin doing it. And I, I see him doing it very well. Yeah. I think it'd be even better. Man, that's awesome. That is so cool. Okay. That, that concludes our trivia. For this episode. All right, cool. I'm so glad we started our October. With this uh, one? With this one, yeah. Yeah. This was so much fun to watch, so much fun to record. 
Yeah, it was fun. To yeah. sing along with. I just, I, I, like I said, I can't say it enough how much I love this musical. Mm-hmm. And I will watch it year round, not just in October. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can watch it. Yeah, any time of the year. It's. I play, I when I had my record player and I would play my records like a lot, mm-hmm. I would spin that bad boy a lot. Definitely. Because I just love, you know, the main, I would just, I mean, I would just let it play. But the iconic songs from this, I just never get old for me. Yeah. So I, I haven't heard as much as you have, but yeah, I agree. I, a lot of these musicals you can listen to over and over again, the music of it, and they hold up very well and you don't get sick of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the point of a lot of musicals. They try to be as catchy and get in your head as best they can mm-hmm. to make the movies or the play or whatever or Broadway show even more memorable. Yeah, you know, I would. Yeah, absolutely. And I haven't seen it and I've had opportunities to see this at the Maryland Theater. And for some reason, I just don't go and I don't know why. I really want to see this like actually Mm -hmm. as a musical. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. I wonder how different it would be now if they would keep it true to the original or change anything about it. I would hope they wouldn't change a thing about it. Yeah. I don't think they should, but I don't know. I don't know if they would now. Just in general. Yeah, it seems like now. In 2023, I don't know if they would change anything or not about it when yeah. they do it on Broadway. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say something else, but I can't remember now. <laughs> it completely left me. So anyway, what's yeah. great is that Jared suggested we do this one. Well, I know how much you love it, and it fits the theme. And I don't love this movie as much as you, but I really did like watching it, especially this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's this wonderful. is this is a great suggestion, especially for this month. Mm-hmm. Not really that it has the it has this genre of horror in it right when it's classified it's not, it's it's not like, scary but there's not really anything i mean it has murder yeah i guess and it's just like it's like weird and there's like oh yeah it's really it's weird creepy. Yeah. you know they're in a they're in a castle yeah, and true. riffraff is and magenta are like yeah scary kind of you know it still fits mm-hmm. it fits well, as we like to say, you know, follow us, turn on notifications for our podcasts, give us ratings. Definitely, yeah. Only if they're five stars. Yeah, please give us ratings. Only <laughs> only five stars. <laughs> only five star ratings. If you don't think it's a five star, then just don't give us just a rating. Just keep it moving. Yeah. 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 But please still listen if you but please, like yeah, this. Listen, yeah. we love feedback. Mm-hmm. You, we have our email. Yep. If Film you have suggestions, we, we love suggestions and we love, you know, we love interaction. And um, we love those of you that have listened this far to every podcast. That's amazing. Thanks for sticking with us. And Definitely. And we'll keep doing it. We love doing this. Spread the word. If you love what, what you're hearing, spread the word, you know. Yeah, that'd people. be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let people know about it. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to sign us off now, Claudia. I shall. Okay. To everyone out there listening on planet Earth, planet Mars maybe, planet transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.